Welcome back to another episode of The Table with Nisha Nicole. And Christopher Dallas, number five. Number five. So here at The Table, we have open discussions on life, love, dating, relationships, and sex. Um, Our goal is to do so in a way that's fun, uplifting, and brings about learning and healing in our relationship as opposed to the vision and descent. Awesome. Awesome. And we've been friends for 20 years or thereabouts. Uh, we've both been through single life, marriage life, divorce, and not from each other. Uh, but we can bring a full perspective on the whole kaleidoscope of um, relationship spectrum that there is out there. Yep. Yep. So because of that, we decided um, to make our private conversations essentially public. Right. And that's how we started the podcast, The Table with Nisha Nicole. And Christopher Dallas. So here we are. <laughs> Welcome back. If you've Welcome been back. here before. Now, this time I want to ask if you've been listening to the show and you like it and enjoy it, be sure to follow us on whatever right. platform you listen to us on and also share it with your friends. Right. Uh, we would really, really appreciate that. Absolutely. All right, Chris. So you ready to get into it? Ready, ready, ready. About to bite this microphone off. I'm so ready. Oh my gosh. You inviting this <laughs> microphone. Uh, <laughs> Go. So the Monday morning report. Yes. Where we recap what what has happened over the weekend. Right. Any fun shenanigans that we may have had, any dating <laughs> stories. Right sexual stories right so what do you have to share this week no you know i used to have all the wild stories and all the rest of the you know weekends where i had two women uh, in my place for an entire weekend that used to be my thing or i used to go out on so many dates in the course of a, a few days that used to be my thing but i think today you have the monday morning report spotlight with your recent trip so this weekend um we threw a party for my mother uh, well, I say we, when I say we, I mean my sister and myself, but my mom was so heavily involved that she's included in the we as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she wanted to have a big birthday bash like myself. I don't think she's ever had a birthday party as an adult. Mm-hmm. So that was really fun. Um, we rented out a place, a venue in my hometown which is um, a rural town in Georgia and invited out her friends. She wanted an all white party. Her main requirement was that she gets to dance. So Mm -hmm. she was able to dance the whole night now. So that was a, that was really fun. It was great. But here's the thing that I learned doing this event is that my kids have an issue with me flirting with uh, why would they have an issue well i understand you have a younger son and an older daughter to to set it up so people know my son is 15 my daughter is 26 well i think that's sweet that the 15 year old son would be protective right right i fully expect that (laughs) from him my man fully expect that from him but my daughter who's 26 i was a bit more surprised with her than i was with him so let me set the scene for you So my mom, who was heavily involved in the planning, Mm -hmm. um, she reserved her own DJ. 
So she didn't want a local DJ, of course, not for the queen. She had to get a DJ from Atlanta, right? <laughs> so she hired this DJ that she found on social media or whatnot. And he was a cutie. He was a bit young for me because he was in his 30s, but he was a cutie, right? And so at the end of the night, after the party is over, I'm chatting with him. We're standing in the corner. We're talking and laughing. I'm not thinking anything of it, but my children get together (laughs) and my daughter says, go get your mom. This is what she tells me later. So my son, as soon as he walked up, I already knew what that was. Yeah, yeah. Because my son, even though he's 15, he's already six feet and a half. I can't forget to have tall. Right, right. So he comes over and he acts like he's interested in the conversation, of course. And I have the DJ's card in my hand. So he nicely takes the card out of my hand. Oh, player hating. Pretends to look at it and quickly slips it in his pocket. (laughs) And I think to myself, yeah, I'll never see that card again. (laughs) Right. Now they have to recognize you are a single woman that maybe you have been married, you've right? been divorced. It is it is full opportunity for you to be able to flirt and pick up and get phone numbers and make future plans to go out with guys that come across your social agenda, your social life. Right. So like I said, I fully was expect that, expect that behavior from my son, right? Right. I even remember the first time that my son realized, okay, this is a woman and men are attracted to her. I remember that, that moment clear as a bell, but my daughter who, of course, she fully understands the divorce. She fully understands kind of, kind of, um, what it's like to break up and have Mm. relationships that don't work because she's been in a few, a couple, um, serious relationships herself. So I wasn't expecting that from her. But later on, when we were talking, she said, I don't know. I just was not expecting to feel like that when I see you flirting. Oh, my God. It just bothered me. And I'm like, <laughs> why did it bother right. you? Right, right. <laughs> but anyway, that, that I thought that was funny. So that was my huge takeaway from the weekend. Okay. Is okay. okay. You my know, I'm- kids have a reaction I, to me. I appreciate first. you sharing. I, I, I can relate completely to the 15 year old boy to be able to just, you know, I know I recognize you as a woman, but you still my mama. And that'll be difficult for me to have to deal with seeing other strange men flirt. Excuse me, sir. Who, who are you? You want to step away from my mother? Please, <laughs> right, the person right. that gave birth to me. You want to, you want to back up, sir? Please don't make me put hands on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. Oh, um, and, while we're mentioning the Monday report and, and still on it, did you have more to add? I'm sorry. No, that was it. I was just about I, to ask you. I what... did have something. I did have something I wanted to contribute to the Monday report. Okay. And that's, even though it's not a current uh, shenanigans story where I used to get into all of this, it was the residual effects. Even even a decade later from the all the shenanigans and dating and sexual hijinks that I used to get into, some of it, some of those chickens can come back home to roost. And I had a, a conversation one-on-one in person with a woman that I used to be involved with uh, a are you while calling, ago. Are you calling her a chicken? No, no, no. Chickens that come home to roost, meaning the <laughs> emotional. I would get that. That is, that is far <laughs> from the case. She is a wonderful, wonderful human being. Okay. Uh, a gift here for planet Earth. Um, oh, and, I'm uh, just messing with you. Oh, man. <laughs> she is not a squat, squat, chicken, 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 chicken head. No, head. Not at all. Uh, right. no, okay, not okay, at all. okay. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, all. All the musical references still being intact, but it's just that 
the bigger picture is that the emotional price tag still is there to be paid for my uh, physical hijinks and shenanigans. There's still a price tag to be able to pay. And it's one mm. thing we talk about in the Royal Penthouse Suite is that I'm so, so much of an empathic person that the discussions, no matter if it's six months later, six years later, 10 years later, whatever it is, when someone tells me, hey, I really was emotionally attached and disturbed by the fact that we didn't work out to be more, that hits hard. And so um, right. I don't know how other guys are just able to keep trudging through all of the women without having any impact on them at all. I, I, it takes a certain level of selfishness, self-centeredness to not be disturbed by it when it's brought to your attention. Now, I can definitely take full responsibility for doing that at the time. But, you know, when somebody brings it to your attention that they were really traumatized by your actions or lack of actions, and when it comes to not taking the relationships further, I was bothered by it. And that happened over the weekend. And I wanted to make sure I included that in the Monday report. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Did you let her know that that it bothered you in some way? Okay. See, this is where I would say you are probably the exception because so many times myself, my girlfriends and other women have scratched our heads and wondered out loud, like, does it not bother him that he's hurt me like this or whatever? I, I mean, I've had those conversations several times, either with friends or either just thought it myself. So right. to hear a man say that there are emotional ramifications on your side big time for your shenanigans, it even though it's not from someone I dealt with it and it's not directly to me, it still feels good to hear a man say that. I got you. If that makes you. sense. Absolutely. Well, uh, you can take it from me. The emotional bill still comes due. Um, and it is a price that is steep. And if you're not willing to pay it, then then back off of the whole social scene until you're ready to, to be able to do so. That bill is, whew, that sticker shock is real. You look at it like, that's what that cost? Her feelings that deeply involved and me having to empathically share those feelings uh, with her. Uh, luckily, we wrapped up things. It was a great conversation at the end. Um, and we both were able to move on from it. We both healed a lot. But Again, it's a big picture. It's not about the specific instance. All of the guys that are out there doing all of the the damage, uh, getting all that ass that I used to be able to get. Yeah, well, price tag comes due, man. And maybe you just maybe those are different guys. And I, I so <laughs> good luck to them. One of the things that is often talked about is how men compartmentalize things. Yeah. So with that, do you think that it's sometimes easier for men to shut off emotions from sex and just separate the two? And like, for me, it was just sex. If she, if she had emotions, that's on her. Do you think that, that that's absolutely, but we don't have to shut off. Let me speak from experience on that. I don't have to shut off the emotion. There's no switch. It was never coming on in certain situations. I can absolutely separate the sexual act from the emotions going with it. There's, there's no, I, you know, I mentioned this woman was somebody of, of worth, but imagine if it was somebody that I did see as a chicken head. And I, I'm sorry, some women are, it's the full spectrum of women that I see on a social status as, yeah, that's going to be just some ass. That could be girlfriend potential. This could be somewhere in between. Um, so if it is something that I'm just seeing as just some ass, just some head, just some fun, I don't even need to start to get my emotions involved in anything like that. There's nothing to switch off. Okay. 
but for someone like this this person who you do value as yeah. a whole person and not absolutely just a woman to sleep with um which i think is the situation that i'm referring to like someone you're mm-hmm. emotionally attached to but the person may have just i don't know still been in the player mode or whatever like do you because sometimes they a lot of times they come off to us as like i'm sorry you got caught up or i didn't mean to do it that way and there's no accountability well accountability is tough for some people overall and yeah there are a lot of guys who would enter into that type of situation again being self-centered self uh, uh seeing it's just what they can get out of the situation and then not really understanding what they're doing to the woman in the, in the moment. And then later they're like, I, I don't get it. And they would bring their shoulders up near their ears and say, I, I don't really understand what happened. I thought I said that, you know, I wasn't in a relationship, yeah. even though their actions and words may have been speaking differently, you know, or the woman may have been liking them regardless of their actions and words. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think all of the above happens. So Right. I don't know. I think sometimes guys just use the nonchalant attitude sort of as a defense mechanism. So, yeah. But let me let me add that it doesn't just let all women off of the hook. It doesn't. It doesn't. Even if you're in an emotional relationship where you feel like you're attached to some guy, if he's not showing you during the course of his actions that he's going to actually commit, even though you think he's a great guy, it's up to you to be able to recognize that. I want to go back to something we talked about last week when it came to the limo ride that I took a a woman out on when I was trying to impress her and get out of the friend zone. Mm -hmm. It's still on me to recognize that I can't just say, hey, I got you a limo. I'm such a great guy. You should like me more. She was already pretty much entrenched through the months that I had known her into seeing me as a friend. And I refused to be placed in that category. No, I'm going to show you how great of a guy I am. I'm going to win you over. And when I step back and think about that, it's the same thing on on the different side, a a, a different side of the coin where women can try to win me over by continually to be sexually available to me, emotionally available to me, being my biggest cheerleader, eventually with the the hopes that they'll win me over. And I'm like, I saw you as a friend from the beginning. It's me as like, I'll be charming and take you out on great dates and get you this limo to go to basketball games. I'm hoping that I can change you. And in some instances, we all need to take accountability of ourselves and see that this other person hasn't, isn't seeing us the way we want them to see us. And it's crushing, but it can save us a lot of heartache, heartache if we can see that up front. I agree. And the, the, I think one of the major differences is a lot of times when women put a man in the friend zone, we know not to open the sexual door. Yes, true. Absolutely. So we don't, we don't even open that door. Whereas men are like, I don't see you for girlfriend (laughs) material. But I hit that. (laughs) But I'll hit that. Like, (laughs) you give it to me, I'm going to repeatedly. (laughs) And, and the thing that we do is we trick ourselves into thinking we can sex him so good. We can yes. cook for him good enough. Like yes. you said, be emotional support enough for him to yes. want to see us in that light yes. as opposed to listening to what he's saying, which is I'm just not relationship ready right now. I'm just uh, whatever the, the key terms that the guys use. Even if he can't articulate it well, his yeah. actions are showing that he's not doing that. He's yes. not matching your level of commitment to whatever relationship that yeah. you hope will happen. Yeah. Like I always, I always think if I have to remind you that I exist <laughs> to hear from you, right? 
then you're not into me. Because if you're right. into me, you're going to text. I don't have to text first every time. I don't have to call first every time. I don't have to make some grand gesture right. to get you come over. Like, you should just want to come over just to come over. Or you should want to invite me out just to see me. Not because I'm saying, hey, I made a six-course meal and right. did this. Or I just bought some new lingerie. Whatever the things are that we're you using. Said. To get said it, not come into over. you, not into you. you yeah. guys are showing that they're not into you. But I can still be into you without being into you. I can be inside you sexually. I can be into you. Uh, yeah, how about that? How about yeah. that flip? I can still be into you emotionally, but I may not be into you romantically. And the confusion that come, comes about when I'm showing some signs of being interested, but I'm not showing all the signs of being interested, that's the confusion that needs a direct conversation from you as the woman or from me as the man if I'm stuck in the friend zone. You're absolutely right about the sexual connotations when it comes to women keep guys in the friend zone and don't don't confuse things with sexual sex at all. And men are completely, you know, we're Neanderthals. We, you know, you offer us some. We're like, I'll take some. Yes, please. Thank you. What, what did Chris Rock say? I can't, I can't run that fast. We can't run that fast, <laughs> especially <laughs> when you're single. Especially when you're single. Especially, exactly. <laughs> okay. So that was my Monday report. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I think that that was a very important update. And just to show, just to let us ladies know that there are emotional ramifications sometimes from, from guys actions, whether they express it like Chris or not. Um, Sometimes there, there are emotional ramifications. Right. Okay. Moving right along to the buzz. The buzz is where we we talk about relevant topics in social media and otherwise that have hit the media, um, and we discuss it here and talk about it. So this week, the buzz is about a dating app for anti-vaxxers. Um, the app is called Unjected. And it's specifically for people who are opposed to the COVID-19 vaccination. Right. And recently, a story posted in the New York Times says that Apple decided to ban the app from its platform. However, the Google Play Store is still offering the app. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Chris? I, I got a lot of thoughts on that. I saw it. It was called the Tinder of the anti-vaccinated or the that's unvaccinated. The, the Tinder. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what the New York Post. Yeah, calls. a lot of people just getting on there saying, "Hey, I feel uh, my rights or freedom is f- my freedom is being impended upon by these mandates to get vaccinated, and I would like to be able to hook up, coordinate, go out on dates with other people who feel the same way." So. I guess the conversation would center around would I feel as though that's a deal breaker, somebody being insistent on being anti-vaccinated? And I would answer that this way. So imagine I'm on a date. We're talking about, obviously, the coronavirus pandemic is topic number one for anybody here on planet Earth. Right. And so when the topic comes up and they say, yeah, I don't really want to get the vaccine. I'm not getting it. I haven't gotten it so far. I don't even believe in it. It wouldn't be a deal breaker for me if they right. didn't want to get vaccinated. It's about how they present it. If they've done their research, if they say, hey, this was 
FDA approved and emergency contact only, emergency use only. If they are able to discuss maybe even the mRNA, and I know I got a science background, the mRNA proteins that would, mRNA and the subsequent proteins that would result okay, from I'm that. Okay, I'm falling asleep about that. now. Right, I'm right, right. Asleep. If they would talk about the science behind the vaccine a little bit more and show that they've done their research and they understand a little bit about what is happening with the vaccine, I'm, I'm good with that. I actually would be increasingly attracted to their mental acuity but okay. if they just say i don't believe in none of that and they throw a whole bunch of conspiracy theories out then yeah deal breaker like the vaccine is implanting a chip like the vaccine is uh, in front of the chip it was done at warp speed uh, this is all still 5g infertility right so that we can not procreate yeah all, all of those things that we've heard before i i agree with you on that um it just seems to me, okay, let me, first of all, let me read a little bit of the description of the app, app okay. um, that okay. I found on the Google Play Store. It says, um, those who have chosen to not be a part of the trials have documented adverse events after being exposed to, to, the, vac to the vaccinated, that's a typo on their description. The long-term health quince consequences are still unknown that seems pretty you know you know that normal and it also like one of the reasons that um apple said that they they banned the app was for this line it says COVID-19 vaccines are shedding dangerous spike proteins yep. which they felt like was an unfounded claim um do you feel like this sort of censorship of the app is unfair mm. or kind of bullying people who choose not to get the vaccine i believe there should be zero bullying of people who choose not to get the vaccine right there should be even though i would love for us all to get to the point where we got to with smallpox where we eradicated it right um, you know, it's, it's gone. It was a viral outbreak for all of human history. And then it hasn't been a case since 1977 because of the vaccines. But I understand that we live in an age of information and sometimes misinformation. And again, if you're one-on-one -on -one with me a date and we own a date and we have a conversation about it, and I feel as though your stance is well educated and well thought out and not full of mis misinformation, then we're good. We're yeah. good. How do I feel about the... The censorship that happens, it's up to each company. And I mean, Apple, I mean, Facebook, I mean, Twitter, I mean, all of social media to decide exactly what level they allow of the misinformation that's out there. It's almost impossible to guard against misinformation, but it's it up is. to them. They're their own private companies. And I don't, I don't disparage them for what they decide to do with their platform. So you said something that's very key is that they're their own private companies. Yes. And one of the things that people often say is freedom of speech and censorship. Freedom of speech only protects us or allows us to have freedom of speech as it relates to the government. Right. Private companies have the right to shut you down anytime they want. Right. And that, like being somewhat of the nerd that I am, things okay. like that really bother me because I'm like, you don't fully understand what that means. Censorship is right. Yeah, you don't right. fully understand the the ideology of behind freedom of speech and Preach. what it means in the American Constitution context. Right. You know, and and it, which that's a totally different conversation. But one of the things 
I remember seeing um, one of one of my Facebook friends who I don't know personally did a post a while back about how someone who is if she met someone and he was vaccinated, that is an automatic deal breaker for her. And I just that that was the first time I had heard anyone verbalize that. And I just thought it was weird. I thought that was so odd that so like for me, even though. I support the vaccine because I've, I know several people who have lost family members due yep. to COVID and in such a quick and jarring manner yes. that, and then I think about my own 95 year old grandmother, of course, I want to protect them. I want to protect Absolutely. myself. So I totally understand that. However, I also understand people who have a distrust of the government. Who have a distrust of um, government medicine, especially as it relates to marginalized people. Um, so I can understand that. So sometimes it makes it difficult for me to understand people who can't rationalize and say, hey, I understand why you would support this. I don't agree with it, but I understand. And that's the part that I guess I have a hard time wrapping my mind around of someone being able to say, oh, no, you if you're a vaccine you're out (laughs) does that make sense absolutely makes sense and that's part of being emotionally intelligent listening to a perspective that would be different than yours that would on firsthand be off-putting but being able to understand that they may have some different circumstances they may have deeper mistrust of the government or of some of these pharmaceutical companies and if they again if they present that in a way that can be cognitively intelligent then I'm all for them following that path, whatever path that they choose for this vaccine or for whatever other whatever other health indications that they may have. So it's all about how you present it. It's all about right. how you present the information. And, and if we can have a sit down conversation on a date, since, since, since this is a relationship podcast, if we're having a date and we're having this discussion like this calmly going over it, then yeah, I'm all for it. You throw out some type of uh, conspiracy theories, then I'm like, yeah, check, please. Yeah, like you said, a calm, logical conversation. And what I find is, especially on social media, is that people don't truly know how to debate. Um, Mm -hmm. Most people debate with emotion and no logic. For me, I lead with logic and I top it off with emotion, (laughs) if that even makes sense. But but, so I consider myself open-minded enough to where if you present an argument to me, that is factual, backed by statistics and logical, there is a high probability that I may change my stance. And I don't think a lot of people are like that. Well, I mean, being able to change your stance would make you vulnerable and vulnerable is not something that a lot of people would wanna be able to uh, admit to or open up and be. So that's a highly emotionally intelligent stance for you to be able to take. Um, and all of us should be able to learn from that on well, any subject, not just vaccination. Yeah, yeah just I- anything. I think most people are so hell-bent on being right Absolutely. than being logical. And, and it's, it's very scary to shift your perspective on something that you consider to be a core belief, whatever that belief is. Sure. That is a scary moment because it's almost like, I don't remember. If, I don't know if you remember. There used to be a, a a tea commercial. I don't know if it was Louisiana or Lipton, and the guy tried a different tea, and he was like, 
my whole life has been a lie or something like that and that's the, like <laughs> i haven't seen that one now yeah it's a old it's probably from the early 90s but that's okay. that's kind of how it is like some people when they have a spiritual awakening and they change religions or you know or they grew up in in a family that's one way and they realize that okay my family was actually toxic you know right. so when you have those awakenings sometimes you you re- you have that epiphany like my whole life has been a lie so right. so yeah so, it, it's it's very tough it's it's very tough to change perspectives especially when things when people consider certain things core beliefs and that core belief could be a distrust of the government or distrust of um major companies whether companies. it's pharmaceutical or, or big companies in other, general big yes, business sure. otherwise yeah absolutely so. So yeah, anything else to add to that topic, Chris? I think that's all I have for that. I'll think of something as soon as we move on to the next topic. I'll think of something I could have added to this one. <laughs> of course, of course. So um, so yeah, deal breakers. So I would love it if you guys would would write in to us and let us know mm. how you how you feel about that. Like, are you a person that's like, that is a deal breaker for me if you're vaccinated? Or maybe you're the opposite side of the coin. That's a deal breaker to me. If you're not vaccinated, right. um, you can email us at askthetablepod at gmail.com so we can further the discussion with you guys. Can't wait to hear from you. All right. So the next, so the show topic for today. Yes. So last week in the Monday morning report, you yeah. mentioned a friend of yours that went on a date with the Indian guy. Right. And we briefly discussed interracial dating. And your stance is that at this day and age in 2021, people should have dropped their biases for interracial dating, right? Society should have, yes. Society should have. I, I understand ideally what you mean. However, I think that's a, um, utopian view for you to of course, have of course, it is. Of, course it is. of course it is i mean there's still racism going on actively right now uh yeah all across the united states and across the world it is yeah. a utopian dream of mine that one day far beyond the the reach of my lifespan that we'll reach a, pl- a point where conversations like what we're having right now or what we're about to have are you know like people thought that wait because of your race that that would that meant something when it came to dating? Well, I don't understand. And I was like, go dig up the podcast from the table from 2021, episodes four and five, and, and listen to those. Yeah. Unfortunately, the world we live in today is much different than my utopian view of our distant future. It is. And it's such a multi-layered issue that I would love to say, I would love to be able to say that I can look at specifically a black man and a white woman and feel absolutely nothing. Right. I would love to be able to say that. Right. And in a lot of cases, I can. Sometimes it's more difficult. Okay. <laughs> and so before I say why, can, do you, can you guess why that is? Because there's one less black man that could have been available to a black woman. Nah, that's too simple. No? Nah, okay. that's too simple. Because if you don't want me, I don't want you. Okay. So uh, is it is society's idealistic view of the white woman that she's to be pursued and is the great 
thing ding, to be ding, able to ding, get ding, after. Ding, 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 ding. I got yes. one right. I got yes. one right. Yes, that is that is um, essentially my issue with it is because, like, I really I feel like love who you love, right? You know, we find love where where it's reciprocated. However, sometimes the question comes to my mind is. Are you with her because you love her? Or are you with her because some some part of your psyche says she's better than black women mm. or that I quote unquote made it now mm-hmm. because I have a white woman mm-hmm. um, or even sometimes with, you know, the latest thing in rap music or what have you has been exotic. Sure, you know, that's sure. the term exotic or foreign. And so it's almost like these women are fetishized to the point of, oh, you know, she has waves, she has natural long hair that falls to her butt. Mm-hmm. Um, because women, a lot of black women, our hair won't grow to our butt. Now there's exceptions to every rule before the natural sisters come after me. I know this, okay? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> However, send those mean emails to Nisha Nicole at the no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but but so there's a part of me that wonders that sometimes and I'll tell you a story. So back in the day, early in my college years, I used to, it, this, it used to really, really bother me when I would see black guys with white girls. And to the point that I would say things that were not nice. Oh, to people you did not know. No, no, no. So I had a really good friend and he typically dated white women. Okay. And every time he would mention it to me, I would make some nasty or rude comment to him. And honestly, I was so unaware of my behavior. Yeah. Um, I just thought that you should expect that. That's, that was my attitude towards it. And one day we were talking and I made a comment and he said, you know what, Nisha, I respect you as a friend. I love you as a friend. He said, but every time I mention my ex or dating, he said, you always have this nasty response. Mm. And he said, it really hurts me. Mm. And it makes me feel like you don't value me as your friend. Mm. And when I tell you those words cut like a knife, Mm -hmm. because I did value his friendship. I thought that he was a dear friend. And he explained to me, he said, it's not that I don't like black women. I've dated black women. Um, It's just that where I live, this is my dating pool. And I dated from my dating pool. And that was a real turning point for me. And because I think I used to blanketly judge all black men that dated white women. And that conversation really caused me to evaluate, evaluate my own insecurities Mm. and my own issues. Mm -hmm. And um, I like to think that I'm a much better person now because my friend was able to call me out on my bullshit. Awesome. We need to bring that guy on the show. <laughs> I lost touch with him many years ago. Yeah, no, no, no. But that's a, that's an awesome realization. Um, it's a great conversation to be able to have. And I think that 
digging a little bit deeper into it, we're all somewhat a product dating wise and socially of our environment that we grew up in. And if one particular brother happened to grow up in an environment with all white people, then yeah, he's going to gravitate towards white people. In corporate America, I ran into black guys who grew up around all white people um, and dated all white women. And they, they would tell me like, hey, I'm not really good with the sisters. And I grew up in Washington, D.C. and went to public school and it was 95 percent all African-Americans from K through 12 for me. So, yeah, I gravitated towards the sisters and he and and some of the corporate America black guys would say, hey, man, can you. uh," And this is my corporate America black guy voice. Hey, man, can you uh, (laughs) can you can you uh, tell me exactly how I could do better with some of our sisters? Man, I I try my best to do all I can. And they just uh, laugh at me and go on about their business. But every time I talk to white girls, man, they really perk up and and show me the love. I say, all right, for first of all, you know, we can work on your diction just a little bit. Uh, But (laughs) a little bass in your voice, bro. Right, right. it's, It's all about what you grow up in. So we can't judge people for where they grew up and what they can acclimate to. What I have a problem with, if I can take it a little bit further, is people who intentionally um, are pursuing one particular race other than theirs because they hate either their own race or they're targeting that this other race would make people unhappy and they would like that. Meaning this, meaning you're white and you refuse to date anybody white because you hate being white in your society or whatever it is. So you intentionally date black people uh, or Asians or anything but a white person or you're white and it makes mommy mad that you go out with black guys so you go out with black guys to make her mad and again it's not just you matching up with a person who happens to be of any color it's you intentionally seeking things out because you've got subconscious agendas to get to that's what I have an issue with and similar to that point my main issue with black men Dating outside the race is, okay, date who you want, date who you love, but keep Black women's names out of your mouth. Okay. That's a euphemism for that, that Black women's, that Black people say, keep my name out your mouth. You know what that right. means. Right. And what I mean by that oh, is. Is that what that means? Okay. I understand now. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yes. I'm glad you understand now, Jared. Um, yeah. <laughs> what I mean is I've you know, we've all seen the guys say, you know, black women, they're to this, they're to that. Mm-hmm. Black women do this. And I don't date black women because their attitudes are so bad. Or I don't date black women. Sir, I don't need you to, to qualify your desire to date outside yeah. your race by disparaging yeah. black women. Now right. that bothers me. That is absolutely correct. Because you. you were raised by a black woman, most likely. Right. You have aunts. You have other women in your family. And to me, for you to say out of your mouth that black women are not good of you, good enough for you, is like pissing on the women in your family to me. Now, I agree that they should come to a better realization of how to say that. But just imagine that that person who was raised by a black woman had a bad relationship with their black mother and she wasn't the best mother, kind, loving, whatever it is. He may subconsciously be talking about his own mother when he says black women are this, that, or the other, if he can realize that the reason that he's disparaging of black women could be from somebody he was directly raised by or how he was teased by black women when he was growing up or whatever it is that he feels some type of way about, then he can 
reach a place where he's cognizant of his own decisions and not have to disparage anybody when he says, hey, I prefer white women or I prefer Asian women or whatever it is. What I'm what I'm saying and going back to my uh, earlier point is that I want people to dig a little bit further when they are exclusively dating any other race but their own to to find out what those reasons are. Did they start right. at home? Did they start at home? Did they start in your neighborhood, your community? What could it be that causes you to say, I only want to date a certain race other than my own or even black men, black women who only want to date light skinned women or brown skinned women because they got some preference that they don't even realize is attached to something in their childhood. That's what I want people to be honest with in their own lives. You have a lot of optimism for people. I do too much. <laughs> you want some? I got some extra optimism here. I got it in like a bowl. Uh, I, got soup I can yeah. spread optimism all around. I I'll apologize. Take, I'll take a full God, help of realism. <laughs> I'll take a full help of real, realism. Yeah. No, okay. To your to the opposite side of your point, how many black women were mistreated or abused yeah. or neglected by their black fathers? And sure. I'll even take it further. So many black women have been abused, mistreated, and um, not valued by black men, Absolutely. yet black women are less likely to marry interracially to the tune of half of what black men are. So I looked up mm. some t- statistics because statistics. I'm a statistical nerd and you're a researcher, <laughs> so you are too. So black men are twice as likely to marry outside of their race and it, even even at that rate, it sounds bad, but that's at 24%. So even less than a quarter of Black men are ra- marrying okay. outside of their race. Okay. And women are half that at 12%. Okay. Um, so it does, so, so it just shows to me that regardless of what happens, the trauma that we, we receive from our fathers, from mm-hmm. former lovers or whatever, Black women are like the TikTok video. I'm going to stick beside them. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, and I just think it's almost to our detriment sometimes that that we just refuse to open ourselves up to other races, whereas a, a, lot, of, a lot of times, twice as much as Black women, Black men are not afraid to open themselves up. So let's pause on that. It could be to the detriment of black women that they are not opening themselves up to the possibility of dating other races. I want to pause right there and emphasize that point and go back to you said 24 percent of black men will Mm be uh, dating uh, married outside their race. And uh, and by twice as much as somewhere around 12 percent of 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 black women. I still think we live so much so in a male dominated society to whereas I man, black, white or, or other. Uh, I'm going to be the initiator of the dating. I'm going to be the initiator of the of of getting it all started, so that I may explore other options just because I'm a man. Uh, and women may be open to it, but they may not be getting approached by it, unless you're a black woman who is out there approaching other races and and specifically targeting uh, white men being open to it or Asian. Just being open to it may not ensure you of being in a relationship because it's still up to the guy. Unfortunately, here in 2021, it's still up to the guy to make the first move and get us through the first few dates. Chris, 
This is exactly why you're my co-host. That is oh, such an excellent okay. point. Sorry. <laughs> you that that's an excellent point because men are usually the person that are um the the hunters or right. the, the, the approachers. Right. And okay, so I have two other things to add to that. Sure. There have been times that I've had white men flirt with me and I didn't realize they were flirting with me. Oh, okay. They were so subtle and just be, and I just thought they were just being nice. Yeah. And then, cause I went to a PWI, a pro- predominantly white institution. Me too. And um, so I, so they walk off and my white girlfriends are like, Nisha, he's <laughs> totally flirting with you. And I'm like, he no, was? He, no, he wasn't. He was just being right. nice. Oh my God. You're so girl. Right. right he was right. all and, and I'm, Right. Because, you know, a brother is yes. going to ask you for your number. He's going to make Correct. sure that you understand. I'm closing the deal. Uh, he's going to. Aggressively. Too much so. Yeah. Right. Right. And the second part of that for me, I don't know how other women feel about this, but one of the things that I always, that that is always in the back of my mind is, is this some type of fetish thing for you? Like, are you for, in for the man? Right. It's specifically for white men. Oh. Man. Are you into me because it's cool to date a black woman? Are you? Because I I had a white guy tell them tell me one time I like my women like I like my coffee, okay. hot and black. Okay. Turn off. I mean. I, and, that's and a turn off. That's a, most that's a guys. Line. Most guys aren't that overt, but a part of me just wonders that is and it's just like it's the same thing like i said it bothers me when when black men fetishize exotic women or or foreign women because they think oh she's so beautiful she's so this or whatever that fetish is okay i don't want to be that for a person sure 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 I but i don't know I if other if other black women think about that but that's something that that i consider let me go back to the guy, the corporate black guy, two two black guys in corporate America, me being one, the other corporate America black guy saying, hey, man, I really don't do well with, with women. What he really was saying is that I've had all the white women I want. I really want to try something different. Those sisters, there's, a, there's an inclination within men, and it may not be fully discussed or hashed out, but we always want to try something different than what we're used to being able to get. So I'm used to getting black women. Yeah, sometimes I look at white women like I would like to try that or yeah. uh, let me tell you my black male friends went crazy when several years ago I started smashing some Asian woman fresh off the boat from China that I work with like how did you do that because it's different it's different so if I had <laughs> always been seeing and dating Chinese women uh, maybe I wanted something different somebody white somebody mm-hmm. uh, Latina somebody uh, black but whatever it is that I'm used to getting whatever it is men are used to getting yeah from time to time we want something different it may be biological it may be you can call it a fetish but it's definitely been part of the the male conversations that I've had through the years right I have almost the opposite side to that story okay because when I was in college um I went on a date with a Asian guy. I can't remember yeah. which country he was from now, but yeah. he was Asian and he was like three weeks in America. Yeah. And he was enamored with me. And okay. I 
because he probably had never seen a black woman in person before. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. And I, like you, you say all of your friends were just like in awe. Right. I, I was actually trying to hide the fact oh, from my man. friends that I went out with this guy who was right. so fresh to America. Like his, his English was, was really choppy. He was a really right. sweet guy, but I was just oh. like, oh, right. Right, do it. Right. Now, There's no social credit involved in it for you. There was tons of social credit deposited in my bank account. Right. I apologize for using the word fresh off the boat. That is a derogatory uh, statement. I apologize. It for is that. a derogatory re- statement, that. but it's also the name of a very funny television sitcom. It is. It is. It is. Um, but I meant to say that she was fresh to this country. I understand that. Yes. I understand that. Well, I didn't take offense to it. I can't understand how some people would. However, this brings me to another statistic, which I found to be very interesting. So we talked about, I do too, we're such nerds. We talked about how black men are twice as likely to date um, outside their race, or marry outside their race than black women. Asian women are 15% more likely to marry outside of their race than Asian men. And a few years ago, Issa Rae got in hot water because in her book, she talked about how black women are are the least desirable in the dating Mm. pool per Mm. statistics. Mm. And so are Asian men, even though Mm. they're high earners. Right. Asian men are high earners and Mm. on paper, they are highly desirable. But educated. Yes, yes, all of the above. So she said maybe black women and Asian men should get together. Now she didn't say anything <laughs> right. disparaging about black men, but black men just took that as the ultimate insult. Oh my god, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> like, so I so that is I, I thought that that was very interesting that Asian women were more open to interracial dating than the Asian men. And Again. it and it could go back to your point. Yes. Like even though they may be approaching women of other races, the other women may be like, mm, you know the rumor. No. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. No, Asian men not may not seem being as masculine. They may be the opposite of BBC, which was in our conversation from last week. Yes. Um, whereas Asian women would seem to be desirable, to demure, to, to hit the stereotype right on the head. Right. And, and may be more approachable for the guys who are interested in getting a conversation started from across the bar or across the boardroom. Right, right. Um, and then some other statistics that I pulled Um so for women between the ages of 40 and 44, they have never been married. Only 7% of white women have never been married in, the, in their early 40s versus a, a whopping 34% of black women. Oh, so 7% of white women versus 34% of black haven't been married by the time they reach their early 40s, if I'm hearing that statistic correctly. Yes. Wow. And for Hispanic women, it's 21%. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And I was just like, I see it. I see it all around me. Yeah. And, and, you know, in the, in the research article that I, that I read, it's something that has baffled researchers like, one of the reasons they thought about was in the 60s when black men disproportionately their their earnings were lower than white men but then they 
then it mentioned that as black men's salaries begin to go up, the marriage rates actually decline. So that blew that theory out the water. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's an anomaly, I guess, to researchers. But if I had to hypothesize, I would say that it goes back to the destruction of the Black family structure that mm. was intentional um, with slavery, even down through Jim Crow, even in the 80s with the projects and no men living in the houses. And I know that's kind of some somewhat of conspiracy theory, but but there is some some um, validity to that. Absolutely. Validity to that. And and I'm not one to say that as a blanket statement, but I do feel like the race relations and the vision in this country have a lot to do with that. Absolutely. It, it has to be a direct direct correlation to how other races view black people as a whole now black men like myself may be able to step outside of that and approach other women and show individually that i can defy stereotypes if they're out there but black women may not be able to show it even though they're open to it show that they can break some of the stereotypes of whatever the stereotypes are that are out there um to be then seen as a mate for somebody who is not black so i think it it, it does have a lot to do with how black people are seen have been seen throughout this country and how I think that's how black women and Asian men can be the least desirable on the whole spectrum. The stereotypes that abound about mm -hmm. both are yeah. still out there enough. And that's why, even though I have that utopian view, I'm realistic to be able to say where we live in now and where we live in now, right now, black women, Asian men, unfortunately are going to be at the bottom of the pile when it comes to stereotypes about them that could be reinforced uh, by media and then projected when you're in a dating capacity you might see an asian man as a woman and say i don't know if i want to be approached by him and you could be some other race and see a black woman and say i don't know if i should approach her uh in the same social setting setting that you would feel comfortable as a man approaching any other race yeah yeah i i agree and as i stated before it's a multifaceted issue and just as i had the epiphany by my friend sitting down and having that hard conversation with me I think sometimes we have to sit with ourselves and be able to face our own biases and figure out you know why am I restrictive in this way or why am I biased in this way so that we all can if everyone does that on an individual level then I think as a whole we would have that improvement so so I'm a little optimistic. Yay, optimism. I got more <laughs> of it here. I got buckets of it. I just shovel this stuff out. I put it in trays. I put it on sauces. I, you know, whatever you need. I got optimism. I definitely hope for the worst. And like I said. You hope so, for the worst? I, for the best, for the best. Oh <laughs> and Almost like painted. I said, I do, I, I honestly believe in love who loves you. There's a lid yes. for every pot. And I think yes. that inter I, I honestly think that internet dating has helped people because I know one of, the, one of the things when internet dating really became big, me and my sister, we talked about how we see the most odd couples, yeah. like two people that look like they like, how did they even find each other? But God a lot bless of them if they work it out, right? A lot of times now 
people only just think of dating apps, but there are a lot of times you have chat rooms, people who are interested in anime or other little niche topics, whether it's plants or whatever. Anti-vaccination sites. (laughs) Anti-vaccination sites. And then so you end up with these odd pairs because you these people who are seemingly different find that they are actually very similar in different ways in the things that they like and connect on. And then that's where we start getting these odd pairs. And I think that as we progress in the future and we have more and more of this going on, that people will be be able to recognize our similarities more first because when you meet someone in a forum a lot of times in forums you don't have pictures so you're just like I'm chatting with this person I really like the way they think we have very similar ideas and I think that a lot of times that's where these odd pairs are coming from and I'm all for that because I really feel like the best connections are when you connect with someone on a personality level for lack of a better term yeah like you're goofy and silly i'm goofy and silly you like video games i like video games or what whatever that is you like crack cocaine i love crack cocaine no okay no 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 bobby and whitney no i'm sorry i thought that was something people could have in common Probably bad right there. Okay, never that mind that. That was a song they what had, you were too. saying, that we was. have something yes. in common. Oh, my God. Yes, goofy and silly is the appropriate way to be able yeah. to describe commonalities that people have. Yes. Yeah. So, um, anything else you want to add on that? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. We can move on to uh, what we bring on to the table. Okay, okay. So, um, what are you bringing to the table this week? something we talked about uh, earlier in our conversation today, the ability to be able to, the the desire to want to understand your perspective. I think in dating, uh, whether it's a first date or whether it's your 10th year of being together, if you have a perspective that is different from mine, my empathy extends to you to truly want to hear it and understand it. We brought it up earlier when it came to the anti-vaccination uh, site, the dating site. If you have a perspective that is different than mine, I want to understand it. And as long as you articulate it well and and explain exactly how you came to this, we're good. We're good. We're great. I want to bring that to the table. Okay, that reminds me of one of the traits of seven um, highly Highly effective people. Yes. From like 1989. Yes, Uh, but but it always stood out to my in my mind. Seek first to understand, then be understood. Awesome. That's one of the traits. So what you said is very much in line with that. So that's one of the things that's always stuck out to me from the book. Don't ask me the other six traits, people. Oh, I don't know. About to get for another podcast. (laughs) For another podcast. For me, um, I will circle back to something I said earlier: is being able to accept correction and change. Um, like I said, the conversation with my friend was a very pivotal point for me, even though it was painful, it was extremely helpful. And I needed that. I needed someone to call me out on my shit. And to me, that's real friendship. If, if a person sees you and, and your poor behavior and they just allow it, 
is that person truly a friend? Like, mm-hmm. or do they want you to be better? And so for me, what I bring to the table is the willingness to self-reflect and not only self-reflect, but the make to make the necessary changes. So awesome. that's, that's what I'm bringing to the table this week. Awesome, 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 awesome. That, that wraps us up for uh, this week's show. And again, I ask that you guys um, like, follow our podcast on whichever platform you listen to it. And please, please, please share with your friends and family. And until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Be safe out there, folks. All right.